You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates. It's hump day, July 15th, 2020, and it is a beautiful day to talk about my favorite subject, Toronto real estate. We are number one in iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts for that subject. And the reason? Well, we're learning ourselves. We're jumping into the latest news and staying up to date on what is happening as COVID comes across our city and is making some quite substantial changes to our local neighborhood. So today we're going to cover some interesting topics. We're going to start off with rent. We haven't talked about rent prices in a while. Where are they headed? What direction? Through 2020, some of the figures came out for last month. So we'll dive into that as well. Treb is now starting to give some of their their ideas really on how to deal with the supply of housing that we have here in the GTA. And I'm going to go through what some of those are. We're going to talk about, are we actually fixing the problem or are we actually going to cause a bigger problem? If you tuned into our podcast yesterday, you know, small changes can lead to big question marks can lead to a psychological impact that really messes things up in our marketplace. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Treb wants to see happen to address supply. And to wrap it all up, we're going to talk about our city of Toronto and we're running a little bit of a deficit, just a a wee billion dollar or so deficit. So the question is, is the province, is the feds, are they going to save us? Save us! And what will that look like? Man, tenants are running for the hills these days, right? Before we get into rent, just think about it. They're all leaving. Well, you know, as landlords, we're going to need to start charging the rats or the bugs. I was just writing the math on how many you'd need to break even in Toronto with the current rent rates, and you'd need approximately 10 ants. Get it, tenants? <laughs> We're going to have some fun here today. We're going to talk about everything that's going on in our market. And I'm excited to get caught up on rent because we haven't talked about rent prices in a while. I've been waiting for a legitimate source to publish what the stats are. I know coming in from last month, if you've been tracking with us for some time, we've started to see a little bit of a stabilizing happening, stabilization in the amount of the rent decreases. So in other words, the rent doesn't seem to be dropping at the same rate that we've seen a couple months back. So let's see if that's still the case. According to this article, BlogTO, Toronto rent prices just dropped again for the fourth month in a row. Here's what it says. Rent prices continue to fall in the city of Toronto this month. Even as pandemic restrictions gradually lift and life bounces back to, quote, a new normal. The freshly released July 2020 National Rent Report from Rentals.ca and Bullpen Research and Consulting puts the average monthly price of a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto at just, I love it says at just, $2,063. So $2,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto, which is down 9.3% year over year. Did you guys expect as COVID began happening, I know I didn't, that we were going to see an almost double digit drop in rent? Holy smokes. And in the past month alone, we've seen a 1.9% from the previous month. Okay. But this isn't the story that applies to all types of apartments, of types of rental units. Because when we look at the two bedroom rents, check this out. They fell 4.4% from last year. And they actually increased month over month 1.3% to hit an average of 2684 in the city. There's 
not only do we have a difference between what's happening in the buying market and the selling market, but also within the rental space, we have a disconnect between the smaller units and the larger units. The two bedrooms, they seem to be holding ground far better. And so when we're looking at averages, I think what's happening and what we've seen in the last couple of months is some of the bigger stuff is kind of propping up the little guys that aren't able to rent out their units and they're really getting hit because we all know, at least if you've been following us for some time, that the affordability and the affordability side is really what's been messing people up with COVID. The people on the low end, you know, low income individuals who are already, quote, essential services, aren't able to collect the CERB necessarily, and they were already in a tight space. These guys are being hit hardest when it comes to employment as well. So let's keep moving along here. We'll talk about, I love this article because they break it down even further. Toronto proper remains the most expensive city still. Our average price is at $22.61. The entire GTA, listen to this stat, in general, is more expensive than the rest of Canada with there are 10 GTA regions making rentals.ca's list of the top 12 priciest one-bedroom markets in the country. So despite the price drops from a one-bedroom apartment standpoint, we still make up a huge part of the top list, 10 out of 12. Nice as it may be for renters, it's unclear how long the downward trend will last. This is what we're, this is really what I'm most interested in is are we going to keep coming down? Is it going to level out? Is it going to come back up? And I think from what I've seen so far, it seems to be leveling out. So let's see if that's what's happening. There has been much discussion over the last three months regarding how the influx of units that were previously being used as short-term rentals has impacted rental rates in Toronto. Absolutely. Referring to a recent flood of Airbnb units being transformed into long-term rental housing and upping supply levels. So this is what the firm says, Bullpen Research. There is a significant number of apartments under construction in Toronto, which start to add even more supply to the market and potentially put more downward pressure on rental rates. So we need to keep this in mind. Purpose-built rentals has been a big project lately. We're trying to add more units and they're going to be coming up for construction. Construction is well underway again. Although there were delays, it seems to be back on track and we're starting to get a lot of things opening up. More supply and less demand equals lower asking prices on average. But we could also soon be dealing with a rush of pent-up tenant demand. So let me ask you a question before I give you my answer. Do you think that this is legitimate? Is there, quote, pent-up rental demand or pent-up tenant demand? What do you think? So for me, I don't think so. Not as much as buyers. But we did, we did see, if we, if we were to look back a couple years ago, we saw tremendous vacancy rates in the city. In fact, they were below 1% not that long ago. It was easier to purchase than it was to rent. And it will take time for things, obviously, that I think, in my opinion, to reopen first. I don't think you're going to get the same balance that we've seen. Like the amount of buyers in our market that are finally able to kind of, they want to jump in. They're like, I want to get in this deal. And that the tightness of the, the buying and selling market is so much more currently, as of right now, than it is on the rental side. However, and I think the big part of it, too, is because there's outside forces jumping in, right? You got Airbnb coming in, outside, immigration slowing down, unemployment affecting it, things that aren't really affecting the purchase market to the same extent. And so these pressures are gonna still be there. So unlike buying, I think pent-up demand won't start again until travel and immigration does. This is my opinion. But this article has other reasons as well. 
They say, however, some pundits have predicted that tenants will choose to live outside of Toronto if the work from home trend continues. The fear of elevators and density heightens due to the COVID-19 virus. So there's a good point too. The lifestyle change that people want, which we are seeing a little bit on the purchase side as well. It is possible the fear, this is a good point, of transit. Many cities in North America are experiencing ridership declines of 50% or more. It might be a bigger issue resulting in tenants looking for apartments close to work so they can walk and avoid traffic and transit altogether. So that's a counterpoint. Maybe they want to be closer downtown so that they don't need to take transit in fear of taking transit. So a lot of questions, not so many answers. All we have in front of us is the stats. Regardless of what happens, it's important to note that condo rental apartment Rates and purpose-built apartment rentals aren't following the same trend. So listen to this. I love this. We're breaking it down all the way down here. Condo rents are still plummeting. Condos, those little wee investors out there trying to get that one or two families. Come on in, guys. Come on in. We need someone. I need to pay my mortgage here. The overall average is down. But So when we look at condo rents, it's plummeting. But when we look at apartment rents, purpose-built designated rental apartments. They bounced back in June. They rose 7.7% month over month. What a disconnect. What a disconnect. Now, we noted that this is the article that we see a trend of leveling out happening, but maybe that's just the purpose-built rental skewing the numbers. This is actually this actually was my point. This is one of the things I was thinking is we've seen rent seem to be balancing back out. And I think a big reason for that is this purpose-built rental. When you break it down, you realize there's actually a huge split between the two. This type of monthly rent volatility is rarely observed, but I love the logic. But keep in mind, many landlords are offering incentives with a number of new purpose-built rental apartments offering two months free rent. They're buying your love, people. They're buying you. And they're they're willing to go. I mean, he's kind of cute. He's kind of cute. You know, that, that, uh, that, that man person of his. I like it. <laughs> They actually had this little diagram before we move on to our next topic that was comparing the condo apartments to the rental apartments and just looking at this thing, like we've seen pretty much a steady dropping of rental rates. It seems to be at a bit of a plateau right now. In fact, month over month is pretty much the same for per dollar per square foot. But when we look like just these numbers, when we look at the purpose-built rentals, it's crazy the jump. Like they've jumped, they were up at $3.38. They went down to 2.96 and now they're back up to 3.19. They are almost, it looks like probably 75% recovered from their rent rates, from the rent drops they've experienced. So I don't think we're going to see personally rent rates dropping all that much more. If it comes down, it'll be very slight in the various sectors, specifically in the smaller stuff, right? In the one bedrooms. However, I don't think they'll be bouncing back anytime soon. You're going to enjoy that price discount we've experienced. So if you're a tenant, way to go. If you're a landlord, start calculating based long-term in the rates you're seeing today and stop hedging your bets that you think the rents are going to come back up. Okay, we're going to move on to our next topic. This is a wonderful topic. Doesn't really, it doesn't sound sexy, but it is. Woo! This is a good one. CP24.com says this. Toronto Realtors urge government to expand housing supply in relief plan. So we talked about this. It's really funny. I, I'm looking. There's two conflicting stories right now. And you're going you're gonna to figure out real quick where I stand. That, you know what? Treb, they represent the membership of which I am one. I'm one member. And what they're doing is they're trying to put forward plans. We need to save this group of 56,000 realtors. Saying we need to save supply of homes in our area. 
right? And we clearly see a supply crisis. If you don't know what our big problem is here, it's supply. <laughs> it's not affordability. It's not prices coming down. It's not the fluctuations. No, it's supply, okay? The reason that we have any level in our market right now, in fact, in the expanding market during COVID is because of supply. And on the end of COVID, remove COVID. Boy, oh boy, watch out. Duck! Okay. <laughs> As home prices rise, a group of Toronto realtors say government should focus economic recovery plans on housing supply and be, listen to this, I love this, and be careful of stoking too much demand. So in other words, we need to deal with supply, but we need to be very careful not to stoke demand because that demand, it's already there. The Toronto Real Estate Board says many people are going forward with their plans to buy homes. And, and they've, they've actually, in part of this report, which isn't in this article, because briefly reading through it, it shows a lot of people want to buy. There's a lot of demand. We see it in the stats. As the economy swings up, that could lead to housing price inflation, Trev's report says to lawmakers. Oh, <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Rather than focus stimulus measures on boosting homeowners, the group of 56,000 realtors suggest that improving the supply of homes will keep prices affordable for buyers. I agree. I agree with the principle, but I do not agree with the suggested changes. Now they did have a couple good ones, okay? And I'm going to give the couple good ones. I'm going to I'm going to toot the horn a little bit. Some some ideas, great ones. So they say this, among Treb's recommendations is that the city should speed up plans to add duplexes and low-rise apartment housing to neighborhoods with single-family homes. That's idea one. And they also say a version of this plan released by Treb, they also could potentially add mid-priced housing to up to 35% of Toronto neighborhoods. So we want to try and add housing. And we're going to talk about this idea of the yellow belt in just a second. We'll get there. Okay, so these are ideas that they have within their list to address supply. That when I look at the full list though, because the whole idea here is to find a missing middle. And the other thing to keep in mind is we're not trying to get you into the real estate market. We're trying to get you into a house. Okay. Like, listen to this. We want duplexes and low rise apartments. Is that, is that for you to own? No. Right now we want a mid price housing. Maybe that is in 35% Toronto neighborhoods. We need to add to what we already got this idea of the missing middle, which has been a real problem. People trying to find something close, but low rise three bedroom type units, right? It's the reason why we see two bedrooms doing so well in light of the one bedrooms. Hopefully you guys are able to draw these lines and I'm not just spewing nonsense into the world. <laughs> but here's some of their ideas, okay? I'm going to go through the list and you tell me, if we put a little tick, let's say we a little tick on the demand side and the supply side, you tell me because they're selling, we're, we're pushing supply, we want supply. But listen to the full list and you tell me, is this going to net benefit demand or net benefit supply? Number one is the supply for sure, streamline approval and processes. Number two, municipal land transfer tax. Defer it. I'll give it holidays. Slow it down. First time rebates. Property tax. Defer it. You know, let that, we don't need to pay that right now. Pay it later, right? Demand. Vacancy tax. Uh, postpone the consideration of vacancy tax that, that Toronto is kind of proposing. Demand, right? Demand. Here's a good supply one. We're going to talk about it in a second. The yellow belt. Review the yellow belt. We'll talk about what that means. Then we'll look at the provincial suggestions. Provincial land transfer tax. Let's defer that. Demand. Landlord and tenant board, expedite hearings to help optimize supply of rental housing, <laughs> right? We've got the Trust and Real Estate Services Act. That's more for realtors. That's trying to get our stuff up to, to date. That's neither here nor there. It's more for consumer protection. Federal actions, mortgage stress test, right? Make it easier. RSP homebuyers plan. Let's do multi-generational. Let them use their parents' RSP funds and let's make it easier. Let's boost the limit. Demand, 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 demand and a bit of supply. And then you sell the article as, oh, we're, don't put too much pressure on demand. We got to be really careful. 
<laughs> by my quick maths, I'm seeing far more demand suggestions than supply. I, I'm all for helping first-time homebuyers, but it's going to come at a pretty hefty cost. And if you guys want to own real estate, I don't know if we want to be standing behind this, but I mean, I am because I'm part of Treb. So woohoo, good ideas. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this yellow belt, right? How does that work? So pretty much how the yellow belt works, because you've probably heard of the green belt, and that's what kind of makes us an island here in Toronto and artificially prices us up. But in the meantime, we still got the yellow belt in Toronto to deal with. So they exclude major streets because they don't have land use designations like this. But the yellow belt actually covers 75% of the land area of Toronto, and another 20% are employment areas and open spaces where no residential development is permitted. The city is left with a tiny area where denser resident residential can happen. This comes from smartdensity.com. Generally within the yellow belt, it is not allowed to build anything but single family houses on large lots. So here's my understanding. We are building houses and condos right to the sky along major routes, right? Along major roads. But we don't really, we have these areas in between them that we don't really want to spend all that money and to develop because we want to keep the low rise. We want to protect that quote yellow belt. So what they're saying is maybe we need to review that because we're running out of space. We need to start constructing. I know you're trying to protect that nice little community that you got there, that neighborhood, and you only want the big towers on the main roads, but we got to come, we got to get creative here if we're going to start to address supply. So this is what they're looking at. And I think personally, it's a great idea. Okay, let's move into our third item as it relates to all of these things. If we're going to defer property taxes, we definitely want to know how our property taxes stand at a municipal level. Well, according to cbc.ca, Toronto is expecting a 1.35 B deficit, B billion. Mayor pleads for provincial and federal help. Not a new topic, but an evolving topic. <laughs> and not evolving in the way of Pokemon where you go to the next level and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you get your, 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 it's getting better or it's improving. Not at all. <laughs> it's evolving in the opposite direction. It's devolving. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto Mayor John Torres once again asking the federal and provincial government for funding help as the city stares down a $1.35 billion, they're going to call it deficit, I'm going to call it shotgun barrel. <laughs> because we don't have a lot of time here, guys. At a news conference Tuesday morning, Tory referred to a just-released executive committee report, which he says provides a, quote, substantial update on the impact of COVID-19. Here's the thing. The city has incurred tens of millions of dollars of costs. Toronto is projecting a $1.9 billion shortfall, but because of all of their ability to save, you know, things like city staff and unpaid leave, alterations to TTC, not hiring spring rec workers, measures were, they were able to get it down five, pretty much half a billion dollars, which still leaves the city at a deficit of 1.35 or if you really want a quick maths, 11.6% of the 2020 operating budget. Do you want to see a double-digit property tax increase? I mean, if we defer it, then who cares? <laughs> you, Your future self cares. <laughs> the savings are now more difficult to come by cutting services. Should the federal and provincial government not kick in any help, this is a quote, by the way, the city would have to consider a, quote, massive tax increase or, quote, damaging cuts to services. Tory said this, we're very optimistic that we can avoid that. The longer you leave the making of cuts, the deeper the cuts can be. I thought it was the first cut was the deepest. <laughs> uh, I apologize. Last month, the federal government announced it is providing $14 billion to the provinces and territories to help them safely and carefully reopen. So the feds have helped the province, but what about the municipalities? Because they're getting left behind. And even the province is saying that's not enough right? Like you're giving $14 billion, but it's far short of what even Ontario needs. Ontario needs 23, <laughs> $23 billion. 
print get that that printing press, man. I would love to be a, an engineer at the mint. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. Tory said Tuesday that both levels of government have said there is going to be quote some level of help coming, but here's what here's what matters. When when is too late, right? When is too late? Toronto doesn't have the luxury of time. Tory said late summer is a likely time frame for cuts to start if funding doesn't arrive. Late summer. You mean like August? <laughs> you mean like within the next month? <laughs> we got to be watching this, guys. Got to be watching it very closely. All of these things apply to you as an investor in our city. What are your decisions? I'd love to hear what you guys are doing. Hopefully, you've gotten some value from our podcast as we've been going. And the longer it takes, the higher the costs. Unfortunately, to you landlords out there, you'll be footing the bill while those tenants avoid paying. <laughs> Last week, I was trying to book a meetup with a tenant about his high heating bill. You know what that bugger said? Come on by. My door is always open. <laughs> I'll see you guys tomorrow with more. Take care and keep it real.